Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, February 7th, 2022, uh, which makes me feel old. I'm Carter, and I'm joined by a woman in a hat, Carrie Smith. Hello, Carter. Nice Who is muted. You. Oh, there she yeah. is. <laughs> Good to see you as well. Uh, we both had audio issues this morning. I don't oh, know if I've had audio. so many issues. Yeah. Uh, my, I woke up this morning. I just want to say gratitude. I have gra- so much gratitude for having a husband who makes me laugh so hard first thing in the morning. It's like the best. He made me laugh so hard because last night we were, I was on the phone. I don't know. It must have been an hour or two that we were dealing with our internet service. And finally, at the end of it, <laughs> it was this poor guy. It wasn't his fault. This guy in India. and But he, but he wasn't understanding what we were trying to do. We we're trying to connect the Ethernet cord, not the Wi-Fi. And then after about an hour, he still came back to like, okay, so, and then your Wi-Fi this. And I was like, no, that's not what we're doing. That's not what this phone call's about. And uh, and I hung up. I was like, you know what? I can't deal with this right now. And I hung up. And then Anthony was making fun of me all night. I felt I felt so bad. He was like, I can't do the Indian accent, but he can do it. And he was like, oh, <laughs> I'm sorry to have, I'm sorry to have inconvenienced you, him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm here working in the middle of the night to feed my 11 children. I'm sorry. It's such an inconvenience. I was like, <laughs> I'll wait here for you to call back. <laughs> I was like, so this morning he started doing the same thing. Like, I've been here all night, man. I'm waiting for your call because I called back. <laughs> I don't know. I, it was funnier when he did it. I, was, it, it. I both felt bad that I hung up on the guy, but also it was really funny. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's hard because it's, it's like when you're, when you're dealing with someone like that, it's not their fault. They're just like, <laughs> maybe they are dumb or whatever. Or I, I don't know. Maybe they have trouble. Like, does it like, but also it's just like this massive, you're like, it's this huge bureaucracy and they've hired, yes. you know, Forrest Gump to give you your, your service. And it's like, yes. I, and they're ah, reading from the I script. can't be mad at Forrest, but ah, yeah. Yeah. They're reading from a script and it's not even, that's why it's it doesn't like you're saying it's this whole bureaucracy and this whole um, administrative thing that's happening and they're they're like on the wrong page and, and you're saying no yeah. that's not even what we're trying to do. <laughs> so Carrie, I have to share this with you. I, I know that this is like we're all on a tangent, but I'm gonna I have to share this based on what you're saying. So just the other day, I got a message on email, like an, an older email address that I don't use for anything, that said my. Apple ID, like someone signed in with my Apple ID. And I was like, oh, I don't know if even, I don't remember having an Apple ID with this email, but I guess I do. And I looked it up because I have keep records and I did. And I was like, oh, I should go deactivate it because I don't know who's logging in. Like it was a crappy old password. So it was, could have been easily hacked. I was on the phone for two hours. They can't do it because they're, they're like, Apple can't do it. They're like, well, you go to the page where it says like reset your security questions. I'm like, cause I didn't ever gave any security questions. I don't know the answers or like, I, I never did that. So I'm like, I go to the page and it's like, okay, click on the button that says reset. I'm like, okay, great. Reset. And it's like, great. The next thing it does is ask me for the answer to my security questions so that I can reset my security questions. And I was like, well, I, I don't know the answer. And the lady, like <laughs> I ended up getting escalated to like someone's boss's boss. And even that person was like, I don't understand. We can't do anything. I don't, I can't even delete your account. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And she was like aware that the whole thing made no sense. Yeah. But she couldn't do anything about it. She's but like, I have no idea what it. to do. 
it's yeah. like she's like, I don't have access to do anything except for like ask you for your security questions. I'm like, can you just delete it? No. I'm like, no. and I logged in and like my address is there and an old credit card. Like I clearly had and my phone number. I'm like, I just I want to just delete all this. Nope. Can't do it. Can't can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> well, also apparently you can't actually plug your computer into ethernet that's something i can't do <laughs> i was on the phone with him for like two more hours today and then the third call got disconnected it's just whatever whatever why are we can you know the only thing more frustrating than dealing with customer service is he hearing people complain about it third hand third party so i'm sorry i was gonna say maybe we should start a boomer <laughs> tech show where we just have people come on and complain about yeah. We're having problems with tech and it's not and oh, yeah, we're dealing with customer service. Terrible. All right. Let's let's do some real stuff. Okay. First, let's remind people Carrie has a new YouTube channel which she's been releasing deprogrammed interviews on. I think you've done at least one. Do you have another one coming up? We have another one. Well, actually, so Mystery Chris and I have a popped culture episode coming out tomorrow. Fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> and <laughs> and then Thursday, yes, I have uh, I have another program coming out. If you guys want to follow the channel, it's in the chat, and uh, it is the first episode is with with Billboard Chris, who's from Canada. He's a father. He's traveling the country, the U.S. and Canada, talking about gender ideology and kids, and it's really informative. You know, I've I've heard from a couple different people who watched it and. I forget because you and I discuss this kind of stuff a lot, Carter. And I know if if you're in a certain part of the internet or you see all this, you've been aware of some of this stuff for a while now. And and but there are people who I'm realizing, oh yeah, they're not aware of the they're not aware of the cross hormones that kids are being given. They're not aware of some of the new surgeries they're doing, the the non-binary surgery where they remove like the nipples. They don't put the nipples back on. Um, it's really I didn't. That's a surgery. That was new yeah. to me, by the way. That was yeah. Like, I knew about a lot of the other stuff, but that's a particularly disturbing one. It's very disturbing because visually it's like they're not even attempting to to say we're trying to make this body look like a male body. They're saying we're trying to make this it's like saying we're trying to make this body look like not human. There's we're just yeah, it's, it's, not it's like it, on. Yeah, it's kind of like plastic surgery to look like an anime character or something. It's like that kind yeah. of a weird but for kids. Yeah. But for kids. And so there's a lot of disturbing stuff in it, but I would suggest I would suggest that you watch it anyway because he does a great job of just hitting home some basic facts. There's something else in it that I didn't know, which is that Finland and I, I think he said Sweden have banned this for minors, have banned this surgery for minors because it's experimental. <laughs> we don't know the effects. And right. um, there are some things in there that I think anyway that people uh, people should know if they don't know. So yeah, check that out. And he's awesome. Yeah. He just travels around talking about this stuff, one person at a time. Yeah, it's great. Um, all right, so check out that on on the program's channel, and you can go to unsafespace.com to support this show uh, and other shows here. And uh, what else? We're on Utreon, Odyssey. I think we're streaming on Rumble and Twitter today. And uh, don't forget to hit the subscribe button because you're probably unsubscribed. Because, uh, you know, YouTube goes after you once in a while. Gee, uh, man, gave us a super chat already. I just have to yeah. interrupt you, Carter. He says, I applied That's for fine. a job in the marsupial area of the zoo last week, but they said I was overqualified. <laughs> Thank Aww. you, Gee, man. <laughs> Koala. Cecil has competition. Koala. Your dad jokes. Yeah. 
Um, all right. Well, we should. Our next book is a book that I don't have, but you do. What is it? The real, the real Anthony, Anthony Fauci. Fauci. It's on March sixth. So get to reading if you want to do that. Let's let's introduce our guest. So we've got a friend of the show on today who uh, I think I don't know how long he's been doing his own show actually, but it's been a while now. Um, his name is TC. He runs uh, the Minnesota Black Robe Regiment YouTube channel, which you can find. Uh, we'll put a link in the description as well. Um, and you can find him on Twitter at Robe Regiment. So, um, and he's he's the one who introduced us to uh, the Lisa Hansen. I, I will say drama, but it's more than that. The tragedy, the, the, the story of Lisa. And uh, that all came through TC. So, like to bring him on the show, get an update on Lisa, and hear some stuff about what's going on in his life. Hey, TC, how are you doing? Hey, Carter, Carrie. So, Hi. hey, I, I have, I have to tell you, Carter, that I was telling someone that I was going to be on today, and they're local uh -huh. here, and she said, Carter's the one that planted the bug in my ear, in my mind, about running for city count or for school board. Oh. And, really, uh, that's a Carrie yeah. thing to do. How did yeah. how did I? That's normally she, a Carrie thing. Yeah. Nice. And she won by the way. Oh, you know, so good. She's, so she's on a school board with, uh, with, uh, another individual who, and they are, they're, they're taking a stand and they are under the gun with their other school board members and their superintendent. So you've inspired people to more conflict than, you know, excellent. Well, that's what we want. We want, uh, lots of conflict. The best thing you can do, if you can't roll things back right. politically, you can at least introduce gridlock. So it doesn't get worse. So the less they can do, the better <laughs> off we all are. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, the best government is that a government that can never make a decision and never do anything because then precisely not having one. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, welcome, by the way. I don't think we've ever had you on Coffee Break. So no, never, never been on. I'm I'm overwhelmed. I told the, the other half. I'm like, I'm going to be on unsafe tomorrow on unsafe space tomorrow. And she goes, how's that feeling? And I'm like nerve wracking. Well, mm. oh, don't worry about it. Yeah, because we're like really mean and we're going to pick on you a lot. <laughs> no, and, it's, your, uh, it's your audience. What's the capital so of Kyrgyzstan? TC, quick. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure cold. if Kyrgyzstan is a country. Is it a country? <laughs> it is a country. Is it cold where you're at? Cause it, well, Carrie, that kind of depends on how you feel about cold weather because I'm in the coldest room in my house right now and I got a space heater running and I'm surprised you can't see my breath. So, no, oh, wow. it's, I woke up to negative three this morning, which was actually warmer than the last few days. Wow. I don't know how you do that. I don't go outside much. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, um, go ahead. We're I very was excited. jump in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we're very excited to finally have you on the show. I mean, we've been following, um, the Lisa Hansen story because of you and also, and many people in our community know about the things that have been happening with you. So why don't you give us a recap of Carter? Do you think he should give us a recap of who Lisa Hansen is for anyone who hasn't seen that? Yeah, interview? let's. Why don't you update people on Lisa? And then there's been a development, it, I guess, in the positive direction. It sounds yeah. like uh, recently, but there was. It's quite a story. So if maybe you could just recap it for the audience. Yeah. So so Lisa is a was I should say uh, in a local business owner here in in Minnesota. Um, she actually. During the first round of shutdown, she complied with uh, Commissar Walls's uh, edicts 
here in the people's state of Mark's soda and she shut her. It's okay, Carrie. I meant it to be funny. I know <laughs> she, she did shut her business down thinking it was the best thing to do, you know, right. Two weeks to flatten the curve. And, um, and it, it almost devastated her and Carter, you, you had her, her on, and you guys talked about that a little bit. And, and, and so she thought, well, we got through this. So good. Now we can get back to business as, as usual. And in the fall of 2020, the governor did it again to small businesses, especially, you know, pubs and restaurants and, and, and eateries and things like that. And she said, I can't do this anymore. She was, she was spending money out of her own pocket just to continue to pay bills that were incurred from the first set of shutdowns to into the second set of shutdowns. And she signed on with another group, with a group of businesses that said, we're not going to do this anymore. And she was, I think there are a hundred or more businesses and she was one of, I think, 50 that decided to defy the second go around. And I had three of those businesses, business owners on at different times. And the attack on them was just stifling. And yeah. when you juxtapose what was happening with the larger big box corporations in the state of Minnesota, and I actually did a video the, the day that I met Lisa, I shot a video of her business and juxtapose that with places like Walmart and Home Depot and, and a local mall in the area showing just how many thousands of people were doing business in those places while they were being forced to stay closed. And sure enough, the city that she, she operated in uh, Albert Lee, Minnesota, the city attorney there came after her with a vengeance, charged her with nine different criminal counts, all of them related to violating the governor's orders. Um, threw a warrant out for her arrest because Lisa missed allegedly, allegedly missed a court date. And there's some dispute in the courts over that finally ended up having her, uh, arrested in Iowa. And she ended up going to court back in the beginning of December. And on December 9th, a jury of six found her guilty of these charges. And the prosecutor asked for 10 days in in jail and the judge overrode the prosecutor and gave her 90 days 90 days just 90 days for misdemeanor charges never been in trouble with the law in her life and gave her 90 days and uh and who exactly wants her, to kill grandma right exactly and <laughs> it well and that's that that's really the part the the really frustrating thing with this is is lisa had three grandchildren all to be born in that 90 day time frame, And on, so I think it was the 9th of December. She was taken into custody in the courtroom, the dangerous criminal that she was here in Minnesota, taken into custody by three deputies and, and, and taken down into the detention center and, and booked in as a convict. And yeah. a week later, her, her home, homestead was hit by a tornado we had a freakish winter storm that it was and it went we started that day out i think it was 23 degrees and by the end of the day it was 65 or 67 degrees we had just a massive amount of tornadoes and uh her farm her their farmstead was one of the places that was hit a bunch of their outbuildings were destroyed the trees were destroyed they made a hardship request for lisa to be uh released 
and the city attorney used Facebook videos from people that were there helping try to clear the place up to justify keeping her in custody because her family had more than enough help. They, they didn't need Lisa. Wow. And she ended up uh, missing that, uh, you know, missing the right. tornado wasn't a big deal. The cleanup was, you know, that's devastating. Fortunately, yep. their house yeah. wasn't destroyed. But then she also missed the birth of three, several of her grandchildren while she was locked up. Yeah. I'm drinking yeah. warm coffee, so I don't uh, turn into a frozen block of uh, commentary while we're here. But And she was, she was released, the, the 90 days were up recently? Well, so Minnesota is a two-third state, so you you okay. do two-thirds of your time, and they just assume that you're going to be well-behaved and give you credit for time served for, for a third of that. So on Saturday, just this, a couple of days ago, she was released from custody with 30 days remaining. I mean, she's so, been she's clearly been used as an example. They're trying to set mm-hmm. make an example out of her oh, and scare judge, other people. So during her sentencing, the judge and I shared this with you guys the day yeah, of sentencing. The judge dressed her down and actually told her, "Look, you're worse. I'm not kidding you. If you guys like, if I could afford to get." And that's something else you can talk about sometime. If I could afford to get the transcripts, I'd I'd provide them. Because the judge dressed her down for over 20 minutes, told her she was worse than any habitual criminal, told her she was worse than a drug, a drug user who's also, you know, a, a drug dealer, told her she was worse than a habitual DUI person, told her that she was worse than a habitual thief because they could all be rehabilitated, told her that he had he he was had a personal vendetta against her because she did what she did because she was selfish and she took advantage of all the other businesses being closed so she could make money off of them being closed and and he said i'm going to make an example out of you you are clearly a political activist and a political dissident and he said i can't rehabilitate you so i'm sending you to jail for as long as i possibly can yeah. and i'm paraphrasing i mean let that yeah carter you're right 100% correct yeah. He did that to make an example out of her in the state of Minnesota. That, I don't use this word lightly, that should terrify the people of the state. And quite frankly, it should terrify everybody in this country, in this republic. Here's some of what he said. I'll read some of it. You were a public risk because you kept your business open. And that was a quote. And then this part, they're paraphrasing in the article. They say that he said that Hanson was like a career criminal and a drug or alcohol offender and there was only one sentence he felt was appropriate to cause restraint, uh, both to keep keep Hanson from acting like this again and to stop others from following suit. I mean, he's saying outright, like you said, Carter, he wants to make an example of her. He says, quote, you sure played them for the fool, didn't you? He said, you just wanted to make money during a global pandemic. <laughs> he says, you don't want to recognize our law. I want to reinforce that the law does apply to you. I want to send a message to the community that executive orders are law. Right. I mean, you know what? I I mean, I don't like this. Obviously, this is a horrible, horrible story. But there's a the silver lining here is I think for for a long time, especially conservatives. Actually, I don't know if you consider yourself conservative, TC, or not. But um, not the kind of conservative most people would consider themselves okay. to be conservative as. So, well, I, I as a conservative historically have been um, much more compliant with respect to rules they've been they, they have some sort of sort of respect for the process in a way that the left frankly the left didn't always right a lot of times i mean you know the aclu famously had 
back before they were woke had respect for the process. So they're, they're an example of someone who like, you know, you need to defend people, even if you disagree with them. Um, but a lot of times the left were, you know, they're the ones that were kind of, uh, anti-establishment. They were the anti-establishment people. And the conservatives had this, this rosy view, this Andy Griffith view of what law enforcement and, and officials are like. And, uh, I, I'm hoping that this is this kind of a case demonstrates the true nature of your relationship with the government. When I say or other people say things like, hey, uh, this is you're a your livestock on their tax farm and they own you. Yep. It sounds like histrionics. It sounds like the kind of hyperbole that's just so far fetched that I'm being overly dramatic here. But it's not. It's not. That's how they think of you. You are tax cattle. And yep. when you don't obey, they will slap you down for the min the most minor infraction. If they feel like they need to hit you really hard to set an example, they will. These people are scum. They are disgusting. They are scum. And frankly, I think the sentiment, the tear it all down sentiment that we see from a lot of the nihilistic left, I think there's legitimacy for a lot of the people. There's legitimacy in the sentiment what their goals are and the obviously being a Marxist, yeah. you know, Marxism is not the answer. Right. But the idea that we should defend the process as if, as if this is like in Mayberry or, or as if these people have anyone's best quote, best interest in mind. These are, these are wannabe Napoleons. They're tyrants. They're the worst dregs of society that get to be judges and bureaucrats. They are the scum of the earth. And they should be wiped clean. We should get rid of him. Get this. Get rid of this guy. Get like I don't know if he's appointed or elected, but get get rid of this judge. Well, that's it's funny that you bring that up because he was appointed by Jesse Ventura, and I would like to apologize on behalf of all Minnesota for that. Uh, the fact that we had <laughs> Jesse the Gov. Marino, uh, Can you pull up governor. the the article, Beverly? Because I just want to show you what this judge looks but, like. Sorry, Carrie, I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. Uh, and at the risk of shame of uh, shamelessly self-promoting, I actually did a video specifically about this judge where he claims in his repertoire of everything uh, good. He says that he received the don't tread on me award. Oh, wow. <laughs> so. So, yeah, I'm going to point people towards my YouTube and Rumble channels. It's Minnesota Black Robe Regiment, and you can find my videos about Lisa going back to my very first interview with her and, um, and subsequent, uh, issues that she had. And, and, and car, you know, we yep. can talk about that more as you guys want, but yeah, he, he won an award. He says he won the don't tread on me award. See, this is, this is how I think th this is related to something we talk about a lot on the show, which is that uh, psychopathic ideology and psychopathic individuals operate in the same way. And one of the things that psychopaths do or narcissists do is they engage in DARVO, deny and reverse victim order. And they, they claim to be, they do projection, which we all know what projection means. They're like put on you what they are and what they do and then try to reverse things and, and take. So him taking some kind of unearned um, uh, credit for, for being a don't tread on me award for being about right. individualism and liberty that's a great sheepskin to wear when you're a wolf and you're 
actively violating people's liberty and then to and then to dress yourself up in the opposite of what you're doing it's just it disgusts me like almost nothing else <laughs> it's like putting yourself well, out as the opposite of what you are I, I it's hard for me to think of something i find more revolting i actually yep. put the link to the video in the private chat if beverly or somebody wants to throw that over in the main chat um where i where i point that out yeah, you know, are you in it, our? Are you in the main chat? Because we'll just, well, we can just grant. You I can't day. comment, but I'm, I'm watching it. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, speaking of the chat, I just wanted to say hi if he's still here to Drunk Three PO. He popped in to say hello. Mm. He said <laughs> hi, to see your hat more than anything. Yeah, yeah, it's the uh, Yellowstone hat today. Um. But this, look at this judge. I know, I know, oh. this isn't an argument. This is totally ad hominem. I'm just going to point out, he looks like a creeper. That's all. That's all, <laughs> he just doesn't look trustworthy. Well, you, I don't you know. I, know. I, I honestly, I, I'm not. I don't feel qualified to say that. I'm looking at him and I'm trying to re legitimately think, like, what if you were a hero for liberty? Would I look at this picture and go something's True. wrong? I, I don't know. I'm not. I sure don't I know. Would. Well, he, look, but here's, he looks like he could play the role of a um, a priest that you shouldn't trust, though, in like a lifetime. Movie. He does look that way. That's <laughs> you guys, like the church minister who's abusing kids. Okay, I'm sorry. You think his behavior? If you think his behavior was egregious and how he addressed Lisa at the end, you should hear what he agreed to do before the trial even started, and 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 then you guys let me know when you want to start talking about my situation because you guys know I we can got talk time, about Lisa. but let's. Yeah, we have here's, time, and I do want to get to your stuff. But but describe before, because it's not just the judge; it was a lot of a lot of officials before this Lisa trial were just doing the most despicable things. Tara, Tara that's an inside <laughs> joke. Everybody knows where my hat came from. Well, not everybody, but um, Tell some, everybody. we have a subgroup from the Telegram, and one of the one of the people in the subgroup made my. When what I started going through my fight, made this hat for me, knitted it by hand, had it custom embroidered and sent it to nice. me when I was going through. So if I get a little emotional as some of this goes on, this has been a rough year. So, um, And for anybody just listening, it's a, your knitted hat. It says the name of your channel, right? Minnesota Blackbird Regiment. Yeah. yeah, just the abbreviation for Minnesota. No, so not only did the state collude with the city and tried to collude with the county, uh, <laughs> The, t the attorney general's office in Minnesota literally called up the local sheriff and tried to get the local sheriff to get on board with uh, going out into the county and dealing heavy handed in a very heavy handed way with local businesses and the, and the local sheriff. And there's there's some beef between Lisa and the local sheriff, you know, and, and that those things happen. But that local sheriff told these told the sheriff's office um, or the sheriff's office told the, the attorney general's office. Mm, you can take a flying hike. Uh, we're we're not going to do that now. There again, there's some beef there, and uh, we we have to recognize that as frustrated as we can be with law enforcement in the way that they comply with a lot of things today, there are some out there that are trying. Some could be trying harder. Some some are doing a really good job. Others are not, and it's. It's hard for me to imagine the, an attorney general calling up a sheriff, whether it's a representative for the attorney general's office or the attorney general himself, saying, we really need you to play. We really need you to play ball. We need you to do this. We need you to do that. And, and yet that's what happened. Uh, the yeah. state, the state 
just absolutely got on board with the with the city attorney. Her name's Kelly. We and euphemistically now every time there's an event, a patriot event or a constitutionalist event that takes place, and her name comes up, the entire crowd. It doesn't matter if it's twenty people or two hundred and fifty or three hundred people. Everybody's like Kelly Don Martinez. They know her first, middle, and last name now, and like a serial killer. Yeah, kind of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, hey, now. Yeah, let's just, not let's not yeah, be smart serial killers. Many many serial killers have much better code of ethics. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, but they know her name, and yeah. they got a. They were they were they were all on board with everything that she was doing to the point where they sent in undercover agents. The state, at the behest of the attorney general's office and the city attorney, sent in undercover agents to protest to go to protest and take pictures and video during protests of people at these protests that Lisa was having staging yep. and, and use that to charge Lisa. And if you don't think that's, that's stifling when I found out about it, I was like, are they going to start charging everybody that was at the protest? And don't think that it can't happen because January 6th, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, we yeah. got this people. Is what they spend, this is what they spend time and resources on now. Yep is infiltrating yeah, I, yeah. communities and it doesn't it's there's nothing too small for them to spend this this time and money on nothing there's nothing so petty that they're not excited about it yeah yeah right <laughs> yeah and and so by the way i that, just I, I sorry i just want to make a this is when you read historically about the stasi or kgb informants and how what it was like to live in the Soviet Union, and you're worried that your neighbor who shares a, a wall made of, you know, a drape, uh, <laughs> might be listening to you or whatever it is, and and reporting you. I think we tend to forget how what a large percentage of the population is uh, kind of a petty, busy busybody who is who gets off on power, even if it's just a tiny bit of power, and. I think that there's been, I think one of these, one thing that's happened with COVID is it has given an excuse to all of these petty wannabe tyrants, these these little wannabe fiefs. It's given them uh, an excuse to go indulge their fantasies. I imagine oh, them yeah. like, we get to go be undercover and we're doing, we're like spies. <laughs> yes, yeah, spy. I love it's it. It's like, it's, it's, it's pathetic. It's disgusting. And... Uh, and it is widespread and, and we're, when we're seeing it, you know, this COVID has, the COVID response has, has given them an excuse to, to let their fetishes, their fetish flag fly free. So everyone can see, I get off on being a busybody who fantasizes myself as a James Bond. That's why I'm going to go undercover and take pictures of people who aren't wearing masks or at a protest. And like, I, it's, it's. It's really gross, and I. Re this is why those people are why I want to divorce from the rest of America. I'll give you. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, and Carter, we talked. We've talked about this, and you and you had Lisa on once again. You, I strongly encourage everyone not just to watch my content, but watch Carter's interview with Lisa. Um, I know Carrie really wanted to be part of that one, but she she was. I think she was sleeping that night. I'm not sure. Um, Never mind. It was a logistics oh. thing because Lisa was about yeah. to go to jail, and I don't remember. Yeah, Le we were yeah. really concerned that Lisa was going to jail, and you wanted to get her on ASAP. Yeah, and she did uh, go to jail. But, so. Right, but it much later than we thought she was going to. Yep. Um, but there was 
there was a situation during um during one of the protests that that lisa held she she called it the nail walls to the wall protest because the state sent out a check i think it was a i think it was fifteen thousand dollar check to all the businesses and the, <laughs> that they ordered closed then sent them fifteen thousand dollars to keep their 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 uh businesses buoyant i guess i i don't know what it was for and lisa was like so what am i supposed to do with this this is the taxpayer's money so i'm going to do the one thing i can i i'm going to take all of that money and i'm going to invest it in a protest and so she took that money and she used that money to stage a protest she fed all the protest participants for free provided beverages for free and it was at the end of january of last year and it was a frigid night. And so, of course, it was inside in Minnesota. And you're talking about these individuals who can't wait to try and get people in trouble. I was actually, we got wind that that um, Antifa, I, I don't know why, but Antifa and Black Lives Matter were going to come down and disrupt the protest. They were going to come down to cause trouble. And so... Lisa made the decision to keep the front door and the back door locked. They were they could be open from the inside. There was no safety issues, no fire concerns or anything like that. And she just asked people to to open doors and let people in. And I was said, sure, I can do that. I, so I stayed at the front door. And and I noticed during one of those opening the door at one time it was around 10 p.m. that night. I noticed there was a gal sitting out in her car shooting video, which she's perfectly entitled to do. Minnesota is a single party consent state. You don't have to have anybody's permission to take videos and take pictures of them and even put it out there. But she was shooting videos. So I'm like, well, hey, I'm going to do the same thing. So I went out and shot video of her. And I, I there again, I have videos on my channel where I went through and watched through her live stream to Facebook where she was pissed, excuse the terminology, that law enforcement wasn't there cracking down. She was mad. Yeah. She's like, where are the cops? Why aren't they in here shutting this down? And it, it, it says so much about the human psyche in, in the United States today and just how far we've fallen as a Republic where people who should be and probably in the case of Black Lives Matter protest and, and let's just be honest, the riots and, and, and the vandalism and the destruction that happened during the summer of 2020 over the, the death of George Floyd probably didn't say a word condemning that are now asking that a, a literally a peaceful protest be shut down by law enforcement because it is not towing your party line. not towing, and, and that lady was literally begging for law enforcement to be there. To, to well, shut that's it down. what we're seeing right now with the truckers in Canada. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Every, every the, the entire cathedral is coalescing against these truckers in every yep. way. The government, the media, the social social media, GoFundMe, yep. the payment platforms. They're doing. They're pulling out all the stops to push back against a peaceful protest, and they're even going so far as to do exactly what we talked about earlier, which I said. I think it's the most revolting thing you can do to invert. They're inverting it. They're calling the truckers, the people who are protesting against authoritarian vaccine mandates. They're calling them the authoritarians. It doesn't even make any sense, but it doesn't have to. It's psychopathic. Yeah. Yep. I, and so by all of that, and then yep. Lisa goes on trial 
much of it stemming from th that protest that night. Mm. Lisa goes on trial for that. And prior to trial, during pretrial hearings, Kelly Don Martinez, the city attorney of Albert Lee, functioning as a state accuser, I mean prosecutor, uh, decided to beseech the judge to not allow Lisa in her defense to bring up the constitution of the United States, the constitution of the state of Minnesota or law. So in her defense, Lisa, <laughs> Lisa could not quote mention. And the judge was like, that sounds like a great idea. What, yeah, what are you? I'm all about. Don't tread on me. Wait, wait, wait. Right. So what's the basis of the law? Why are they even in court then? If they're not allowed to talk, reference the law or the constitution, what are they referencing? The, like, king, the king made an edict, Carrie. Is it? But, they, but you have to base it on something. Is it like, uh, according to this Golden Girls episode, like how are you supposed to defend yourself if you can't use the law or the Constitution? Because because the government <laughs> the, the governor's edict supersedes all of that in the in the minds of the judge. It's it it was it, I, it's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing, it and it, that 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 would even and the judge was like, okay, sounds good to me. You know, and it's literally, but he'd say it more with that creepy smile that Carrie pointed out. Yeah. Because, I mean, honestly, he's just, he's just molesting, he's just molesting Liberty in that, in that moment. And the fact that we've watched as, sorry. Um, no, I mean, you made me, you metaphor. used the word molesting and I was thinking of Carrie's description of him earlier. And like, yeah. I was like, oh, it wasn't little kids. It was the law. It was Liberty. It was it, if I don't make light of this to some degree, I just get angrier and angrier and, sure. and sad all at the same time. And in how he, how he didn't see that, like at some point, even a leftist judge somewhere in the state of Minnesota at some point is going to look at this and go, um, dude. And, and keep in mind, this guy is yeah. the, the chief judge of the third district court in the state of Minnesota. So, I mean, it's not like that isn't that's a that's kind of a position of power and so here he is yeah. no you can't talk about the constitution you can't talk about the minnesota constitution or minnesota law because you're not an expert in those things that so? that was their justification i got subpoenaed subpoenaed to testify on behalf of the prosecution the prosecution subpoenaed me yeah Why? yeah i had to go to that trial and testify and which was a power move on the part of Kelly Don Martinez, because as we'll, we'll find out here, she, she does not like TC. I'll tell you that. Um, she subpoenaed me and subpoenaed all of any video that I might have that was provided to me or that I shot myself during any of the events at the interchange or mentioning anything at the interchange. And she gave me less than two weeks to provide that and then threatened me with going to jail if I didn't provide it in time by the demand demand time to the point where I had to get some counsel from some attorneys and they're like, this is a ridiculous request. You provide what you can. And if you can't find what she's looking for, then that's her problem. She should have gotten it when, when it was available. And the day that I showed up to testify, she looked at me. Only thing that she had to say to me was, and just so you know, you're not allowed to bring up the constitution during your testimony. She told me that. Again, you can though. That's a lie. You are allowed to. 
Well, it was a threat. Basically, the threat of if you bring it up, you're going to be held in contempt because the judge has already ruled that it's not admissible in the court. The Constitution. Well, but, Again, so this doesn't you, make you're it just any a witness. Sense. <laughs> I mean, that's like saying I would have, I would have okay. been nice to have like you're going to jail because you brought up the Constitution like that would have been lovely PR. Yeah, but it's like you're you're OK. You're here to defend yourself. But you can't use the dictionary or words. Let's not use any words. Like, okay, I want you to mime your defense. It's, there's, it's that absurd. You're in a court of law. What no, are you you're not, Carrie. <laughs> you're, no, you're, in a... you're not in a court of law. You're in a charade. It's yeah. a charade. It's, it's a, it's a performative. Uh, it's, it's designed to resemble a court of law so that it, so that it feels legitimate. But it's not a court of law at all. If you, no, if you can't not, talk not about the Constitution any... of the state or the country, and you can't, like, it's not a court of law. It's it's it's, it's a theater. kangaroo court. Yeah, it's theater. It's just theater. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah it, it's yeah. it it's just theater. And so Lisa ended up, you know, getting out on Saturday, and she's got one more trial she has to go through on the remaining three charges. Um, we were really concerned that the that the that Kelly Martinez was going to try and pull some some maneuvers to have Lisa held till her next trial, uh, which happens quite frequently in the state of Minnesota. Um, there is some question as to whether or not they're going to try and go after the sheriff for releasing her without doing the 90 days. And there's some question as to whether or not there's uh, if the sheriff has the discretion to do the two thirds on misdemeanor charges, or if that only applies to felonies. So um, Lisa is not out of the woods yet. Um, on on just the the first ninety days, she she got out with basically sixty. So, um, if you're pray if you're a praying type, pray for Lisa on this one. If you're uh, if you're a positive thoughts sender, whatever, or you know, just in general, a, a I tell Carter, you know, feel, feel if, I tell Carter to pray for me or do a push up. He does a push up, don't you? Do or, yeah, if you're you know Carter, do push ups. A for positive Lisa. push up. Yeah, positive push up. <laughs> a positive so, energy push up. <laughs> there again, I, I don't mean to make light of it because it's just there. Again, I've been immersed in this. Uh, yeah. It, the Can the I Lisa ask you a story. question? Yeah, sorry. Kelly, Kelly Dawn Martinez. Okay. Yeah. You said they all know her name there and they chant it. What, what, who's they? Is that, are those her sycophants? They like her? No, no, no. When we have, when we have events where Lisa comes to speak or when we're talking about the constitution and, and the governor's edicts and whatnot, and we bring up who's prosecuting Lisa in particular, they uh, know they, everybody knows her name now because we're, we're, we're going to make sure we, we make, we've made sure of that, uh, which is a little bit of why I'm sitting here today. Also, so let's uh, talk one about other question you, about her oh, before ahead. we, right. just before we move on, Kelly Dawn Martinez, I'm looking at her. She's a white lady. Right. Yes. Okay. Well, she probably identifies as Latinx. Based. On I was going to say La she's La doing the thing Latinx. where I bet she gets some mileage in the woke culture out of the uh, being Latinx. <laughs> 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 because she's married. She's married to someone. Yeah, she's yeah. married to someone. She's claiming to be Latinx. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to start probably. doing this. Carrie. Yeah, you Smith should. Garcia. <laughs> the things. Didn't you try that? Didn't you try that last time? Last week? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. We're joking, but 
seriously, I think there's something funny there. Okay, no. I'm sorry. I just had to look up this lady and confirm that she was white. And thank you. Let's move on to something more important. <laughs> hey, look at that. So Mark Mark Doyle said that he found you guys via disaffected. Oh, cool. Oh. Josh, normally awesome. I I found disaffected because of you guys. Now disaffected is sending you people. Sweet. We yeah. love disaffected. Yeah. I I got rabbit trailed there for a second. Carter, you were going to ask me a question. I just wanted to sort of shift the conversation to uh, to talking about your story a little bit. And I thought maybe the good segue would be you were at that event helping with the doors. And maybe we I don't know if that's the right place to start or not. But well, you've I've, had some career trouble. Let's just put it. Yeah. Lightly. Well, I heard you say as you guys were leading into the show uh, for today, you know, you didn't know how long my channel had been been up and. I had I'd launched the channel officially on April 25th of 2020 and it was uh mostly because I I had been warning people for years that this kind of stuff was going to happen. I had told um I had told them that our our republic was on the decline. Carter you you've been saying it too for quite a while but um it was 20 years or so, you know. Yeah, well, and, and but I'm I had been kidding. warning people. <laughs> no, it's probably true. Uh, I'd been warning people for years before 2020 that that stuff was was not boding well for our, our republic, for our culture and had been pointing people to, you know, read things like Atlas Shrugged and to reread, you know, Brave New World and uh 1984 and animal farm and pointing at things in culture and pointing at things in society. And so when March of 2020 rolled around, I was like, guys need to buckle in. It's going to get rough. And at that time I was working um, for at that point, it would have been almost 11 years. I had been working for a local sheriff's office and I was telling on the detention end. So I worked as a sworn deputy in um, a local detention center in the third largest metro area, third largest county area in the state of Minnesota. Uh, and I'd been warning people. We happened to be on night shifts. And I, I was kind of telling people ahead of time, I says, watch this. I said, watch, they're going to start, they're going to start eroding your liberties more than faster than they have been. And I kind of laid down. I said, here's what's going to happen. And I went point by point by point by point by point, telling people these are the things that are going to happen, even up to predicting uh the the jab dates the jab mandates and uh, you know of course everybody's looking at me going where's your tinfoil hat tc you know what's like really really you think that's going to happen and within about three weeks of minnesota being ordered to shut down i started having co-workers come up to me going how did you know and i said all you have to do is pay attention so I decided I was going to start going to protests and rallies, but I wanted to do it from the perspective of being a on the ground kind of citizen journalist. And so that's why I launched the channel. And, and, and admittedly, I wanted it to come from a conservative Christian perspective about w the way we should view government. Uh, and quite frankly, because I'm just going to throw it out there for most of you people who claim to be Christian, you better make sure if you're going to quote the Bible on things like obeying the government, you better be quoting it right. Don't quote Romans 13 and first Peter chapter two to me and say that it's your job to obey government because that's not what those passages say. And that's why I went out to start talking to people. And uh, 
it went pretty well actually kind of started it started off a little rough people like who are you what do you want but my video started to get some traction and what really kind of started the fight for me was the week of the george floyd um debacle and there again I, it, what happened to george floyd was horrible it, it wasn't murder i'm not going to tell you it was murder uh, it, i don't think it was i think it was a it was a bad situation officers on the ground made some really bad decisions or didn't act the way they they should have but it wasn't murder i don't believe that chauvin set out to kill george floyd that day i don't think he set out to kill anybody that day i think that was a bad scene all the way around and it got turned into a tool by the left during during a horrible time and they they decided they were going to have riots and protests in, in our jurisdiction. And I saw a video of the mayor of Rochester, Minnesota. Her name's Kim Norton. That night, while they're trying to throw fireworks at the, the detention center and the government center and the law enforcement center, they're throwing, you know, fireworks and stuff at the windows, trying to cause an uproar. The mayor of Rochester, Minnesota, the third largest metro area in the state, hasn't had a law enforcement involved shooting of anybody for years said, and I quote as close as possible, it's high time that people, minorities and other people who are oppressed or disparaged or something in, in, in the Rochester and Olmstead County area finally felt safe in the hands of law enforcement. Right. And I did a video the next morning after I got off duty didn't identify myself, wasn't in uniform, just saying that people in positions of leadership need to choose their words carefully because the kind of things that they say can cause further problems. I got to work that night and the chief deputy approached me and basically castigated me for saying what I said. And when I asked for clarification in an email, after I went through and detailed the entire conversation <laughs> pretty much verbatim, Took him two weeks to respond to me and said he'll talk to me in person when I came back to day shift. And he never talked to me, ever. Never approached me. Never followed up with me. And so I just went about my business and continued to do my commentary. And that's when I met Lisa in December of 2020. Uh, we became very fast friends, shared a lot of the same views, a lot of the same uh, positions on things. Uh, and... I really started to highlight what was going on through a, a, a lady named Larvina McFarquhar here in Minnesota. I interviewed her. I interviewed a gal named Lisa Monet, who's also had lost everything that she had because of all of this. Interviewed Lisa and interviewed a lot of other business owners who have just been through the ringer. And at, oh, let's see. Two different protests with Lisa. Um, a bunch of other videos where I, you know, was shopping unmasked and whatnot and talking about defying the governor's orders openly. I made no, made no bones about it. Um, I got pulled in, uh, it'll be a month or a year ago this month, 12 days from now, uh, on February 19th, I got pulled away from my duty assignment into a conference room and I have video of this where, and Carter, I've shared that with you, um, mm -hmm where I was written up formal 
disciplinary step notice handed to me by the chief deputy of Olmstead County Sheriff's Office Adult Detention Center telling me because you've done this, 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 and this. And I mean, it's a list. It's several pages long. And I'm going to be releasing that on my website when my site admin can get to it to to coincide with the anniversary. And it just detailed all these things. And it wrote me, published a picture of yourself defying a, a lawful order. Um, you worked as security for a unlawful protest in uh, defiance of the mission statement of the Olmsted County Sheriff's Office. I didn't do security. I was just working a door, letting people in and out. I wasn't paid. I wasn't wasn't there wearing a security vest. I wasn't identifying myself as security or anything like that. Just on and on and on. It was just a ton of stuff. Yep. Asked, asked for clarification, said I wanted all the written, all the written complaints, which I'm entitled to. Five days later, I got told, we're not giving you those. You're under internal investigation. And they put me under internal investigation for my external behavior. None of it linked to my work for 60 days, they hired an outside attorney out of the Twin Cities to the tune of well over $200 an hour at this point. And it's 20, it's 2020, you know, or it's 2021, you know that any attorney they hire to do something like this is making, making bank. And so sure. the taxpayers of Olmstead County paid thousands and thousands of dollars to an attorney alone to investigate me for what? And Carter, you said this last, last week on your show when you were talking about the border patrol agents for thinking for myself and expressing right. a, a dissenting opinion. And at the close of that investigation, they, they, uh, about three days after they closed the investigation, it was April 30th. They called me into the office. I went into punch into work that night as I got, as I, as I, I always kind of led my team. I'm one of the veteran members of the, I was a veteran member of that, platoon i always kind of was when i got up to go the team would follow me and as i started to get to go my sergeant followed me he goes uh we need to go see the chief and i'm getting a little it's rough yeah um i knew what it was coming and i walked in he's you're being placed on administrative leave and i said for what and he goes i think you know why i really didn't know why because as i knew I hadn't done anything wrong. Um, he goes, well, whether or not you think you did anything wrong, you're being placed on administrative leave. And as, as we were kind of walking through what was expected of me while I was in administrative leave, he looked at me and he said, well, did you bring your sidearm with you tonight? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he goes, um, do you mind while I'm escorting you out of the building if I take that from you and keep it safe? I'm like, Brian, what are you talking about? I don't care if people know his name. Uh, he's a public servant, so he should be embarrassed. Um, I said, why would you say that to me? I said, I love my team. I would never do anything to hurt my team. And you know that. And I said, that's personally insulting. And I said, so no, you can't. 
And so he ended up escorting me out and I haven't been back since. And, um, it was a rough, it was a rough haul and I, I no longer work there. Um, I'm not going to go into so too much. Go ahead. Administrative leave though, turned into just out. They sent me about three or no, about a, maybe it was a month later. They sent me a, a letter with intent to terminate based on, on the investigation, which was a hatchet job. It was just an absolute hatchet job. Um, I just did a video a couple of weeks, a few weeks ago, um, where I detailed the collusion on the part of the chief of police, the director of public safety, the city of Albert Lee, who said I threatened him in an email or in a voicemail. He he said that I threatened him, and 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 what ended up happening? One, it wasn't a wasn't a threat. I had documentation that was provided to me by Lisa. Because Lisa's not, you know, I'm not a legal expert by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not a lawyer, nor do I play one on my channel. But she hands me the charging documents, which she's entitled to do. She shares the charging documents with me. And in the charging documents, the report, the chief of police of the city of Albert Lee sent an undercover confidential reliable informant, not, a, not an officer, not, not a detective for the city of Albert Lee, a confidential reliable informant. And for those of you who are, who are unaware of what that is, a confidential reliable informant about 99.9% .9 of the time is a person who's being charged criminally for something more severe. And they're being offered a deal to work as an as a agent of the state to get dirt on a target of an investigation. So what basically happened was that the chief of police took this person who was facing charges, offered them some sort of plea deal for some sort of reduced charge or reduced time or maybe dismissed all their charges altogether. But we need you to go to this event, take pictures and take video so that we can use that to charge this person for this crime. Sent that person in and I pointed that out in a video that I did. And I called him and left him a voicemail and said, hey, Chief J.D. Carlson, this TC from the Minnesota Black Robe Regiment, tomorrow at this time, I'm going to be releasing a video, and I have the transcript of this, and that's going to be up on my website as well. I'm going to be releasing a video detailing your collusion by you in violation of your oath of office using a paid confidential informant or a confidential reliable informant to spy on Lisa Hansen in violation of her right to a peaceful assembly for redress of grievances, wherein she was charged with crimes based on the information that you gathered through this individual. I would like to give you an opportunity to explain yourself and maybe even offer you the ability to express um, that you you shouldn't have done that and that you would like to retract retract that as, as a reason. So you're charge. basically like, like a journalist, you know, in, in this case, at, you're offering this person a chance to make a statement. It's like four yes. piece comes out saying, hey, yes. I'm writing about this. Here's the mm -hmm. evidence I'm including. Would you like to respond? I gave him 24 hours, gave him my number. And instead of calling me and saying, hey, I'm not interested, leaving a voicemail saying I'm not interested, he turned around and filed a formal complaint against me with the sheriff's office, is my understanding. And then he and the city attorney of Albert Lee called the FBI and the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, which is our state FBI, and complained about me. For that and said that was a threat. 
Well, it was a threat to their legitimacy. So um, that, that's, what I, that's what started it all. And that's so I just want to highlight just one phrase. That's it. This is political persecution. Like everything you're talking about yeah. of you, of Lisa Hansen, of anyone who's not going along with these executive orders, these edicts with the authority, with authoritarianism, mm -hmm. with the overreach of the state, they're just politically persecuting you and doing right. using any means necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, go ahead, Carter. I, I just, uh, I know this isn't the lighthearted coffee break that everybody. No, no, it's fine. It, it, it yeah, it's fine. Look, when you, when you think in terms of principles, it seems like you have a superpower because you predict things as you were talking about earlier. Oh, this will happen. It's like, yeah, because I'm, I understand the principle and we'll go there eventually. Like that's, that's what will happen. Um, and if you understand that uh, an increasing, increasing the state's power um, and decreasing the state's accountability, which ha we've been on that path for my entire life, probably my, my dead grandparents entire life. <laughs> like it's, we've been on that path for a long, long time. Uh, what inevitably happens to police is they become uh, more the, the, the requirements for being a police officer become more and more about uh, physicality and less about intellect. So what they want, they end up wanting, they, they reduce, it's weird because you, I was thinking about this the other day when you, with, with respect to like movies and stuff. Now, nowadays, masculinity in movies is reduced to muscles and fighting ability and like sometimes shooting ability. Uh, that's, that's basically what, what it's reduced to. And it's very, it's a hollow form of masculinity, but it's exactly what the state wants. What the state doesn't want is a thinking brain. What they want is an obedient rifle. <laughs> like they want a rifle that they can direct that will shoot what they want. Uh, that will arrest who they want that will function as their as the you know servant of the state without asking questions and the minute i think the minute that anyone i know i know there are people who chose law enforcement mostly these are older people but i know the older people that chose law enforcement as a career many of whom are doing it for for i would call uh i would say honorable reasons even though all you know, truism against uh I, I wouldn't say altruism because I don't think that's honorable, but whatever. Yeah. I I would say they did it because they want to like they want to stop thieves and murderers and like they, they want to there's bad guys yeah. in the world and they want to stop them and protect good people. And like that's a that's a noble reason, even if I disagree with some of the, the nuances sometimes. Uh but those people no longer fit what's necessary for uh a police officer. That's they don't meet they don't meet the requirements of what the state needs. What the state needs is someone who's willing to say, where do I point the gun? Yeah. I won't ask any questions. Who do you want me to shoot? And that's not masculine. It's not, it's not human. Uh, and it is an inevitable 
It's an inevitable endpoint that happens when you give states more and more power. Eventually, the police, you might think that they were your freedom-loving friends. They might have been, you know, years and years ago. Maybe they were a little bit more about the Constitution and they were motivated for the right reasons. But now, they're they're the thugs that implement the Marxist utopia or that implement the police state. Like, that's what they are. And I don't, if, if COVID has shown us anything, it's that the police are not on your side. By and large, maybe there's a sheriff here and there who and, you know, some some police here and there who've opposed it, but they're not on your side. And Carrie brought up the Freedom Rally in in Canada as an example. And it's a perfect example right there. They're arresting people delivering or not. Yeah, they're arresting people delivering gas. They've said food. The Ottawa police have said they've been tweeting some really disturbing things. They Mm -hmm. um, they tweeted at GoFundMe when GoFundMe said they were going to seize the $10 million raised on behalf of the, the Freedom Convoy, the truckers. They were going to seize the $10 million and they were going to distribute it to credible, they decide what's a credible charity, right? With input from the Freedom Convoy, of course, but you know how that works. You have to pick among these ones we've decided are credible. So they're Antifa thieves. A, B, or C, which one's credible? Right. And then and then the <laughs> Ottawa police like tweeted at them and said, where you know basically they applauded GoFundMe for having listened to their concerns. So they clearly met with GoFundMe and were putting pressure on them. The police were, and now the police are tweeting stuff about how they're going to arrest you if you try to give any material support to the protesters, the peaceful protesters. If you try to bring fuel, for example, they're going to arrest you. This is they have this is, they've arrested yeah. like seven people. This is this is crazy, and I think. Um, they're no longer, you get to a point where, and it, and it varies by, it's by degree based on how far has authoritarianism progressed in an area. So like in Texas, it hasn't gone that far. It, it really hasn't. You still find the police forces, it, it, this is my opinion, made up. I know some good men who are police here. They're, but what happens over time is those good men either get forced out like what's happening to UTC, they get expelled because you won't bend and submit. They get forced out or they become corrupted. And and it, we read in book club, was it last year or the year before? We read the book that Jordan Peterson suggested, Ordinary Men, which is about during um, the Holocaust. It's about a group of just ordinary guys. They were like a reserve, uh, what were they? Reserve police force. Reserve police battalion 101. Battalion. That shipped off to Poland. Yeah. And, and you got to watch how these ordinary guys who were dentists and, um, you know, doctors and teachers and, and whatever who were reserve police force, how they got turned into corrupted and turned into these monstrous killing machines over time, machines for the state. And I don't know. I think I think I think what's happening to you is political persecution. I think it's awful, but I also think it makes sense that good men like you are going to get forced out because you don't work. You don't work for the machine. You, there's no place for you there anymore. Do you know what I mean? I want to no, I Yeah. I, I, I don't mean I have people care. that no, 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 no. I, I get what you're. I have people in my family, people that I love dearly that are in law enforcement and mm-hmm. good, good guys, mm-hmm. good people and people that are close friends. I mean, I'm still hearing from people that I worked with for 13 years, you know, going on almost 13 years. It's so, it's so hard. It's so hard. We're so scared. We're so scared. And 
and I get it. You know, there's a there's a scene towards the end of the book Brave New World where uh, Savage, you know, they call him John Savage. Mm -hmm. He's he's talking to the director. And in the and I'm going to paraphrase this and in the in the director's like, well, don't you want don't you want to be comfortable? Don't 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 you don't you want to be free of all the disease? Don't you want to be free of all of the suffering? Don't you want happiness and, 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 and enjoyment? And Savage says, no, I want the pain. I want the suffering. I want the sin. Not, not that he you know, wanted to sin, but he goes, I want the sin. I want all this. I want the darkness because when I don't have those things, everything's better. But I don't, you know, in, in the, the juxtaposition mean, I don't have anything to compare it to if everything Parity. in my life is peace and comfort and joy. And that's where we are. Everybody thinks we're in 1984. We're not. We're in, we're in, we're headed towards Brave New World. Brave New World. We're headed towards Brave New World, where you take Soma when, when things are too stressful and you do whatever they tell you to do just because you keep your job. And, and I'm, and this is what hurts. And I want the people who might be out there, who might watch this, who are still in law enforcement that know me, that I know personally, like, I care about you, but I care about your ethic and I care about your soul and I, your, your consciousness. If you, if you are afraid to speak out when you know that something is wrong and you've made the decision that you can't speak. You've already decided what side of this argument you're on, and it's the wrong side. It's the wrong, and it hurts me to say that because I care about so many of these people. But I've had that experience since all of this has blown up, and 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 they finally started to make some offers to to make the noise go away. And the and the attorney that represented me for the union said, "You guys sure you want to do this? Because if you do this, and his, his the gloves come off, he's not going to shut up because you paid him to go away." had an experience we went to a school board meeting the school board was silencing parents they weren't letting parents speak they were demanding that parents were masked to show up to the school board meeting and it happened to be that the school resource officer for this particular school district was isn't is a member of the Olmstead county sheriff's office because the Olmstead county sheriff's office provides law enforcement services for this particular school district and for the the city they don't have their own police department and the school board ordered that we be removed because we wouldn't wear masks. And this is That's a guy that I'd had time. conversations with. This is a That's, guy that I, I, I can I can interrupt for you for a second. I'm sorry. I know I'm aware that people watch our show sometimes who don't understand our positions or, and, and Carter and I differ on a lot of things, but if you're hearing this and you don't understand why that's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Put on a mask. What's the big deal? It is submission. It is a big deal. That's why they're requiring it. It is psychological. It is put this thing on, get beneath me. Let me impose my will on you, my control over you before you're allowed to even step in the door and say anything. It is dehumanizing. Yep. And some of us will not do that. I will not let you put your yoke on me. <sighs> I'm sorry. I mean, it makes I, me... I can't, I can't help but think when you're describing your friends in law enforcement or family members or whatever, 
I know it's I know it's tough. I can see the pain that you're like I can see it in you. We I think we can all feel the pain. Sorry. Um no, it's it's cool, man. I I understand. Um but the I I can't help but draw this analogy cuz it's it's accurate. If if you're a stormtrooper working for Darth Vader, like you may be doing it to pay the bills. You may be afraid. I understand that you're afraid. You may be afraid to speak up, but you you don't get to claim the moral high ground anymore. You're an you're an, you're an agent of evil. And if and if you feel like you need to be an agent of evil because you need to put food on the table, at least be honest and admit it. Um, and he might not make you evil. Maybe you don't want to do those evil things. But if you don't think you're an agent of evil, try disobeying. Try saying, I'm not going to enforce this law, which is unconstitutional and which is wrong. I'm not going to kick the people out of the school board meeting or whatever it is. And see how far it gets you. It'll, and that's it, what they, I did. Where you they, are is very clear. But they don't, that's anybody of his friends watching, they don't think that they're some of them i would assume i know this mentality they don't think they're an agent of evil they think it's enough not to say that you can sit on the fence that i, understand it, I don't that. yeah i don't yeah. have to get involved so they view likely they view what they're doing is like he stepped out of line in in a way it's victim blaming it's this person brought this upon himself and it's unfortunate and i feel for him but i right and gonna, and and line, I would actually agree you know. with that if they weren't law enforcement. If you want to quit and start a bakery, then you can sit on the sidelines all you want, I guess. Although even then, they'll come for you someday, right? But like, you're the enforcement arm. You're you're Darth Vader's enforcement arm. Like, it, you're only lying to yourself if you pretend like I'm going to sit this out and not say anything. You can't do that. You're the enforcement arm. You're the gun that's pointed at innocent people. That's what just, you are. I just put a link to a video of that night in the private chat. So if somebody wants to put it in there. But that night, a guy that I had worked with for pretty much 13 years, sitting as a school resource officer with the school board member that had been one of my supervisors, had been a, a, a corporal and then a sergeant who I actually had a lot of respect for, was now sitting on that school board who is a veteran and actually a member of the Minnesota National Guard, an oath-taking veteran to, to keep and protect the Constitution of the United States. Along with that deputy, people that I knew and worked with, colluded to order us out of that room. And then when we said, no, we're not going anywhere, ordered us to be removed. And if we didn't leave, we would be trespassed. And then, they, and then we were like, well, we're not going. And then they said, well, now you're being... You're being trespassed. They gave us, I think it was, if I remember correctly, you have three minutes to vacate the building. And they said they would talk to us outside. At, this went on and on and on. So they had backup. They had backup show up. Four, three other officers. One of them came in with his handcuffs out. Three yeah, well, deputies. He yeah. came with his handcuffs out and was pointing at people to figure out how many people there were in there that they were going to have to deal with. Told us they would talk to us outside. We got outside, and then they told us you have a minute to
to vacate the premises or you'll be arrested for uh for uh interfering with with uh, official business or something like that you'd have to watch the video to get the exact verbiage and they we were pleading with them pleading with them to just listen to us and i had finally had it and i turned around and i dressed them down and i said i worked with you guys i worked i said most of you i have known you i've known you what you're doing is wrong and you're doing this because you're afraid to lose your jobs you're taking orders from Torgerson, the sheriff, you're taking orders from a guy who in his emails at the outset of the pandemic said, my men and women, my deputies are not going to be social distancing police. They're not going to be mask police. They're not going to be social gathering police. I said, you're doing this to keep your job. I said, I, I said, you might as well take that oath that you swore and the constitution that you swore it to and rip it up, throw it on the ground and spit on it. And one of them, the sergeant that was there, who should have been taking the lead, should have been man enough, took his cues from the bully in the group, the guy that came out with his handcuffs out. He turned, when I started to dress them down and point that out, said, let's get him. And if it hadn't been for the other patriots that were there, they would have arrested me that night. And the only reason was because I had the audacity to point out the fact that they were violating their oath. And I don't say these things lightly. This has been a fight for me. And if you don't think I was afraid when that, that first shot was fired across my bow that night after the protest, you're darn right. I could have very easily just shut up, shut down my channel, stopped everything that I was doing. And I'd still have a well, a good paying job. I wouldn't be in a position where I'm wondering every day. One, is the city attorney of Albert Lee done with me? I don't know yet. I don't know which thing I'm going to say is going to be the thing that she decides she's going to try to use against me to this day. Two, whether or not I'm going to be able to pay my bills. Yeah. But I'm not fighting for me. Carter and Carrie aren't fighting for themselves. Those other channels that are out there that are speaking out, they're not doing this for themselves. They're doing this for the Republic. We're doing this for our kids and our grandkids and the future of people that we don't even know. And what you said, Carter, that these people are, well, I, I'm, a, I'm a good person. I'm just, I'm just following. I'm just doing what I'm told to do. I'm, I'm doing the job that I was paid to do. No, at some point you've got to be like the officer we had up here in, um, I think it was St. Cloud, or it might have been, I don't remember for sure, but a school board ordered everybody trespassed and removed that wasn't wearing a mask, and that school resource officer said, I'm not doing it. Good. You want them removed, you get them up and escort them yourself, but I'm not doing it. And I want people in the chat to understand, too, that I'm not, I'm not looking for a pat on the back, but I want people to hear these stories because off, there are deputies and there are officers out there that want to stand up, but yeah. the people are so busy not paying attention to what's going on that they won't speak out in behalf of these people. They won't. 
I, I got people that come up to me now. You should have just kept your mouth shut. Family members, you should have just kept your mouth shut. Just shouldn't have oh, said it. Yeah. All right. Can I? Can I want to say something to the to to the people that you're talking about that are in law enforcement and are maybe like Carrie said, they don't believe that they're on the wrong side or whatever. They don't. This there's a very simple litmus test. If you're afraid, you're on the wrong side. The end. If you're afraid, you're on the wrong side. If you're afraid, I can't do this, I can't do that, my blah, 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 you're on the wrong side. Or you're I like have, a serial killer. But like a, if, if you're a good person and you're afraid, you're on the wrong side. I have I have a I have no, I have an I, I need to amend that. I would amend that. Only because the fear is okay. natural. I'm sure TC's afraid. If you are controlled by your fear, you're on the wrong side. If you let fear control you, fear is natural. No, I'm saying but, it, you'll you'll uh, you'll stop being afraid when you're no longer out from under like right, but I'm not saying you shouldn't be afraid. I'm saying if you're in okay. an environment where you're afraid, you're on the wrong side. Get out of the environment. TC's no longer afraid of them because he doesn't report to them anymore. He's got other things that he's concerned about, right? But he's no longer afraid of getting fired because he's fired. Right? I would still amend that because right. I am a person who've walked through. I've walked through that fear. It doesn't mean it goes away. It. It. All I'm saying is. <laughs> You, you can't just judge of whether or not there's fear there. You judge whether or not you let the fear control you. Because I, I, I think I understand what both of you are saying. Carter's, Carter, Carter it's saying, not a slide on you personally. I'm just amending it No, no, it I, just, I just, it's a nuance that I don't, I don't okay. think is relevant, but okay. No, but, I, 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 get, I get what you're both saying because it's a different fear. When you have to be in fear to speak out while you're because of the job that you have, that's far different than the fear that comes afterwards. And it's, it, it's this, it's the statement, you know, we hear, I hear it all the time. This is one of the things that got me in trouble, by the way, and, and I'll share this in a, in an upcoming video on my channel. So yeah, check me out. Humor, sh shameless self-promotion. Um, one of the things they wrote me up for, and I shared this with you guys before was making the statement that not every cop, Every firefighter or EMT is a hero. They wrote me up for that. That's official punishment from my employer, the sheriff's office, was I got wrote up for saying not every cop, firefighter, EMT is a hero. And and you talk to the average... Like Derek Chauvin? Right. And that's I made that point after <laughs> after all of this was... Is, so is Derek Chauvin a hero? Is he? Is he a hero? So we imprisoned a hero, right? And that's what I think people don't understand is that the average cop doesn't look at as himself as a hero. And what to Carrie's point about the fear that you're living in, what makes and, and I don't see myself as a hero. I want people to understand that. But what makes you a hero in these moments are when you're being told to do something that you know violates not just your ethics, because sometimes you can have screwed up ethics and violating it's the best thing for you to do. But when you're being told to do something that's a, a flatly a violation of someone else's constitutional liberties and you choose to do it, that's not heroic. Even if you're afraid, what's heroic in that moment is when you're being told to do something Lawful or unlawful, according to the, the law, if it violates somebody's constitutional rights, liberties, and you look at 
your superiors and you tell them I'm not doing that, no matter what it costs me, that's where the heroism comes in. And that's what's lacking is there are a lot of people living in fear and they're kowtowing to that fear. They've already made their decision. And, and to Carrie's point, it's the people who walk through that fear and come out the other side still in fear. Now, it's just to, to Carter's point, it's just a different type of fear. As uncomfortable as you might be at the end of that, it's worth it. It's worth it if you still fight the fight. But if you let them silence you, if you let them shut you down, then you probably should have never gotten the fight in the first place. Yeah. I know, Carrie, you brought up Ordinary Men before. It's one of those books that I feel like every person in law enforcement should read. You know? Because it really it it really helps. Who wrote that one? Christopher Browning was his name. Um, but it's... I think if you're going to take a job where you obey someone who tells you to go point guns at people. You have a moral responsibility to make sure that that <laughs> those orders are just in general, like, you know, I, you know, but you've got to you've got a responsibility to make sure that <laughs> the organization that you work for doesn't get to be run by Hitler as it did in Germany, like organizations change, who controls them changes. What you're asked to do changes. You know, you know, it, I want to, I went to a pro a, a protest this last late summer, early fall. And in the, it, it was a medical freedom rally and I'm looking for the link for it. Um, it's a very, very brief video. We were going to march from the Minnesota State Capitol, which is in St. Paul. We were going to march from there. We were going to march a few miles. There were six to 10,000 of us. I can't even remember the numbers. Five, five six, 10,000. Um, we were going to march from there to the governor's mansion and then back. I had run down to grab something out of my vehicle. And as I was coming back at the beginning of the march, I observed Minnesota State Patrol observing and i'm like oh hey cool and then i noticed as i walked by one of the state patrol officers had a very high-end high-res camera pointed at the crowd and some people are going to say so what's the big deal it's a surveillance state may not be a big deal to you but when i saw that i pointed it out on video real quick they're recording families your mom your dad your aunt your uncle your grandma your niece your nephew at a medical freedom rally demanding that there not be coof restrictions anymore no more coof jabs being mandated forced on people in the state they're recording every single person that walks by and that's going into a database somewhere. And the people that are doing that are the people that you walk up to and thank them. Thank you for keeping me safe. Let me buy you your cup of coffee. 
let me buy you that to be cliched. Let me buy you that donut at the convenience store. And you're thanking them. And all the while, not every one of them, but a lot of them are following the order to surveil you for daring to go and be a dissident somewhere. And I'll, I'll like, again, I'll, sh I'll find the link here while we're talking, but yeah. just the, think, think about that's where we're at. They're agents of the state. They are no longer public servants. They have become agents of the state. And the ones that are public servants are going to be very uncomfortable unless they're in a jurisdiction. You guys said this last Monday, unless they just happen to be in a jurisdiction where this stuff's not coming up. Yeah. Or they got a chief or they have a sheriff or a sergeant or a captain or something that's like, we're not getting involved in that. It's, it's hard. It's hard for a lot of the, I'm not going to argue. It's hard for a lot of these guys. They do not want to be agents of the state. And a lot of them that I'm talking to right now, one I talk to on a pretty regular basis, I'm looking for anything right now that'll get me just enough money to live on to get out of this career field. People ask me now, would you go into military? Would you go into law enforcement? I'm like, no. And if your kids are thinking about it, no, don't do it. I've had people ask me, now that you're no longer there, if somebody were to offer you a job, no, no, I won't go back. Even if another county promised me or another agency promised me, I'm like, no, I will not go back. Would my life be a lot more comfortable if I could find a job that paid me that much doing it again? Sure. But I, I, I no, you're do not go into it. Do not enter into this career field right now. Not if you value your ethics and your integrity. Yeah. Yeah. Although maybe you can find a state like Texas, if they're going to secede, you can be part of the secession force. <laughs> Touche, Carter. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I, cops are by their, I mean, cops are agents of the state. That's what they are. I mean, that's, that's by definition, you're an agent of the state. So right. yeah. if you're going to sign up to be the agent of something, you need to make sure that it's not the mob, that it's something that you like, that the orders that you'll be given are orders that you think are just. And, you know, uh, there is no honor in following or unjust orders because you're just, doing your job that's not uh, that's dishonorable actually so oh yeah it's it it's i mean you want people that are going to do the right thing i mean who who doesn't i mean we want people that are going to do the right thing and there's going to be tough you know you want that person who in a, in a tough situation is able to to draw their weapon and, and pull the trigger when you're in a in a situation where it there are lives on the line and that's not an easy thing to find. You know, sure. that's there's a reason why they do psychological screenings on people going into that career field. And when I passed my psychological screening, the, the guy who did my psyche eval said, well, you passed, but you'll never pass it again because it changes you. It changes you. But you've got you've you've got to be able to to be able to make hard decisions. And the and the thing is, is somebody pointed this out to me after the discipline process started, I was talking to somebody who got out of law enforcement because they saw what was happening. And so she goes into having doing, she talks to people in law enforcement on a regular basis and who are kind of going through it. And she said, the thing is, is that they hire you because you're an independent thinker. They want a person that can think on their feet. They want a person that can make tough decisions in the moment that they can trust and rely, rely on to not screw up. But then when you show that kind of mentality, 
as you go down the road and carry to your point and Carter, your point from last week as well, when you're able to then continue to be a free thinker, they, they want to shut you down. So they want that mentality, but they don't want it to play out. And, and that's the, the juxtaposition that you have to, you have to find your way around. And, and it's changed me. I went from, I'm going to back the blue to, you don't get a break from me anymore. You, there's no benefit of the doubt anymore. Cop pulls in behind me now. This sounds horrible, and I know I'm jaded, but a cop pulls in behind me now. My phone is in my hands-free device, my hands-free thing, and that, that video is going on. That video is going on. It should I, be. You know, you know how hard that is for me to say? Because I know I've not done anything wrong, but that video is going on. Either I'm going to live stream it or I'm going to record it, but it's going on. Yeah, of because course. Because I don't know anymore. It should. And that is not, like I said, that is not easy for me. That's what the fall of Rome looks like, buddy. Oh, thank right? That, I mean, thank, that was very encouraging, Carter. Sorry. I mean, that's, no, that's what the, that's what the corruption of institutions means. That's what it looks like. It means that they get turned for bad ends and the, and the person that you thought was on your side isn't. Um, so, you know, if you're at a black lives matter rally, uh, you can burn the dumpsters and, uh, trash places and the cops will probably leave you alone. But if you're arguing, if you're, you're at a, a rally arguing, you shouldn't wear, masks hmm? i guess they're now recording that in high definition and probably using facial recognition technology to put you in a database of wrong thinkers yeah that's it it's telling for lack of better terminology that when we when we watch all of this play out that what you said that a lot of these guys and gals go into this because they want they want to make a difference and when you talk to a lot of them when they leave whether they re, they, they retire or they just move on to a different career you'll talk to them and a lot of times what you'll end up hearing them saying is i thought i was going into a career fair, career field where i was going to make a difference mm -hmm. what ends up happening is they tell you that they at the end i don't know that i made a difference and i still meet you know incarcerated individuals or people that I dealt with for the last 13 years on a regular basis. So I come up to, and they're like, you know, you were one of the good ones. I remember I came in high or whatever the case might be. And I can't, or I came in suicidal and you talked me down or you helped me through it. I have one guy that credited, credited me with saving his life because he came in off a meth bender and I mean, days and days and days, he hadn't ate. And I got him a ham sandwich, you know, outside of a mealtime. I just went and got him a ham sandwich and handed it to him. And to this day, he'll tell people I saved his life, that that ham sandwich kept him from dying, which, of course, isn't true. He probably felt like he was going to die. But it was just that, it, it, that, that one act of compassion. But I still walked away going, my eye, the scales are gone, to use a, the, the Christian you know, the, the Paul on the road to Damascus kind of thing. Um, I've walked away from it going, 
the system's broken. It's broken. The detectives are lazy. We we use plea deals. We use undercover confidential informants, not just against Lisa Hansen's, but we just use them. We get people to snitch on each other, you know, and the, in the old saying snitches get stitches, you know, like that's not true anymore. Like what was out in Garcetti or whatever out in California said, no snitches get rewards. It's so right. true. It's so yeah. true. The public defenders, you know, people have, we, we started talking about Lisa and everybody was like, why didn't Lisa hire attorney and an attorney? And, and, you know, maybe she should have, but I don't know if that would have changed anything. But the public defenders, they're, they're overwhelmed, but they're also in the job. They're not in the job of helping people get, get off with a not guilty. They're in the job of closing files. And if that means they get you to take a plea deal, even if you're not guilty, they'll do it. Prosecutors are lazy. Like they want to get, they want convictions. That's all they care about. And if they can, and here's what they do. They throw charges at you. They talk to the officers that arrest you. They talk to the detectives that arrest you. Well, how many things can we technically charge them with? And they just spitball. They just throw and 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 throw charges at people over and over and over and over again until they overwhelm them with charges. And then they look at their public defender or even their paid attorney and they go, here's what we'll do. The best deal we can do for you is you plead guilty to this. We'll drop all these other charges. Now you've got a felony conviction or a gross misdemeanor conviction on your record or whatever the case might be. Over and over and over again. That's what they do. The system's sick. And the judges yeah. go in and they sign off on it. The prosecutor, yeah. well, I was assaulted in the line of duty about five years ago. Severely assaulted. If it hadn't been for another deputy happening to be right in the right place at the right time, there's a pretty good chance that I either wouldn't be in the condition I'm in now or I'd be dead. Because the guy who assaulted me told people that his goal He's like, is he going to be okay? And when they told him I was fine, he said, oh, that's too bad. I'll finish what I started later. And the prosecution offered him a plea deal. Didn't tell me, didn't, didn't give me the chance to even see it, which state law says they're supposed to. And he was going to get out for, uh, for accepting a plea. He's violent offender, repeated violent offender. He was going to get out with less than 90 days in jail with all of his charges combined for taking a plea deal. And that so like judge, Lisa Hansen. Yeah, yeah. But now we got Lisa Hansen who, who's going to, you know, have all this time hanging over her head because they're going to make an example out of her. And that's kind of where I was going. You look at that. That's all they're doing. Yeah. It, it, it's over and over and over again. They just, the system is sick. And if you think that you can be the one person by yourself that's going to stay in and fix it, you're crazy. It's can only the change can only be affected from the outside. And that means we're going to, a lot of us are going to have to get really uncomfortable with where we're at. We, we have to, no matter how hard it is. TC people in chat are asking, how can they help? Oh gosh. I'm no good at this. Carrie. Um, subscribe to my channel. I got monetized officially today. <laughs> Oh, congrats. Which means which means most of my videos will then be uh, restricted for yeah. wrong thing. So but um, can so here I'll shamelessly self-promote. Uh, one of the things that I do is I interview small business owners um, and patriotic constitutionalists. And uh, I happen to interview a company, uh, um, a guy and a gal. They're married. Uh, yeah. Elizabeth says, yeah, put put Elizabeth's comment on there. Buy his coffee. 
Says, yeah. yeah, there you so, go. So uh, I have a small business owner who uh, made a custom blend of coffee for me. And uh, it is literally custom blended and roasted for me with my label on it. And there's a little history lesson on the back about it. We're going to be working on getting some more out. Um, so, yeah, buy my coffee. Your um, channel is called Minnesota, Minnesota Black, Black Rob Regiment. Yep. And that's YouTube and Rumble. Uh, you can message me on Facebook, TC Pearson. If you want some, I'm working on getting it on my website. I take Zelle now because I'm advanced in technology. <laughs> um, but if you're interested, either email me, TC Pearson at uh, protonmail.com or message me on uh, Facebook. Uh, I have other merchandise. We're going to be working on getting hats like this. I was trying to talk the gals into making these, but they don't want to mass produce these at home while they're knitting. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> but we're working on getting some of these. I got some shirts coming out. I got some tumblers kind of like this with my Minnesota Black Robe Regiment. And if you, if you're a, if you like an adult beverage on occasion, I know not everyone does, but we've got a little low ball that we're, that we're selling that's, and they're all laser etched. So it won't wash off in the, on the, in the dishwasher. So, um, and there again, subscribe to me on YouTube. Um, that would be huge because the more subscribers I have, the more views I get, the more likely I am to start earning a little bit of money from the enemy. So, and, uh, tell, you know, tell the story and, and share my story with other people, you know, in law enforcement, in the law enforcement world who maybe yep. have said to you, um, I don't want to do this anymore, but I don't know what else to do. Look, if I can, in my little corner of Southeast Minnesota, can take a stand and, def and, and that's the thing. I didn't do this for me. I didn't start, start the channel for me. I didn't, I started this to be a voice for other people who are being oppressed. And, and in the world where we talk about everybody being oppressed, I literally did this. So the story would get out there. I told Lisa's story and other stories because no one else was telling their stories. I was the first person to platform Lisa. Yeah. It, well, may, maybe we shouldn't do that. Look at how that ended for Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was one of the first mainstream media didn't want to touch her story. They didn't want to touch Larvita's story. They didn't want to touch Brit's, Brit's story and the stories of any of the other people. Uh, and, and that's why channels like your guys is so important because you tell the other people's stories. You, you tell people what's going on. And so listen to me, listen to Carter and Carrie. That's the biggest thing. And buy, buy my coffee. <laughs> buy his coffee. Um, all right. Well, should we go through some super chats before we close it up, Carrie? Mm -hmm. Do you want to start doing it or do you want me to? I've got a you list. Go ahead. Here. All right. I'll, let me. Some of these might be for you, TC. Let's see. I don't know. Tara T just says honk honk. Gives us five bucks. <laughs> Thank you, Tara. Uh, drunk. By the way, someone also in chat said that a judge just ruled that honking is illegal in Ottawa now. Uh, so that's you know, that's one of those where you're like, are they being serious? Because I could actually see that happening in Canada. Yeah, yeah. Uh, drunk three PO says, "I'm just here to see what kind of hat Carrie's wearing." There you go. Um, I think we read this one. Tara T says, "Nice hat." TC. Uh, let's see. Mo forty five. 673 just gives us five Canadian bucks. Thanks, Mo. Bar Tomsky says, damn it, TC. I'm here for frivolity. Yeah. Oh, 
Uh, well, last week we had last time we had Rachel Maddow. Now we have Brian Stelter giving us <laughs> five bucks saying, I heard you two say some not very nice things about me in the last week. I order you to cease and desist. I am not a potato. <sighs> uh, um, which is exactly what you would expect a potato to say. If they, yes, if they could speak, that is, that is what I would expect. Oceana23 says, This is heartbreaking. Thank you guys for standing up. It is heartbreaking. Twee Girl says, A member of Trudeau's personal security RCMP, Corporal Daniel Bulford, resigned and now fights for our charter rights with the Freedom Truckers. Oh, that's good. I don't know if you guys saw, Carrie, did you see this video or TC, either one? Did you guys see this video of the cops in Canada? This is a few days ago talking to the truckers in a restaurant and and the truckers were like we just want to have a, a dialogue and the cops were like we're just here to deliver a message basically that like oh you've got to yep. get out and the and the truckers were like look you should join they were trying to convince the cops are like i know you were told to go do this but like you should be on our side you should we're fighting for you too uh but the cops were not having it they were they were being obedient carter just real quick i'm putting that link it's called uh surveilling we the people I'm just putting the link in there. If somebody wants to share that, that's the one with the state patrol. Um, okay. Yeah. Somebody wants to make sure that gets in there. there. It, it just, it's, it's very short, but I'm telling you, it's just chilling. But anyway, go ahead with super, super chats. Sure. Uh, Andrew Joyner gives us a hippo sticker thing. Thank you, Andrew. Westy says this episode brings to mind the HL Mencken quote. Every normal man must be tempted at times to spit on his hands and hoist the black flag. That's a good quote. I like that quote. And uh, yeah, I think I think that is true. Vicious Optimist gives us 50 bucks. Thank you, Vicious Optimist, and says, oh my God, while I realize we are at a very disturbing point in American and global culture with control, this is for something optimistic, viciously even, and funny. Thanks to you all for the food for thought and motivation to keep keep on keeping on. Pirate Tomsky says, dropping a small white pill to end the stream. One good thing now is that more people are noticing this crap and starting to stand up to it. That is a nice white pill. Uh, but Mo wants to undo it with a black pill and says, and a black pill, we've been saying that for years. Yeah, but it is getting more, like, that's true. We have been saying that for years, Mo. But I think Pirate's right more. It's more and more people. More and more people are waking up. Uh, and I think the last one that I see, unless, Carrie, you see others, the last one I see is from Cheeky Mare saying, can you give us the alternate Bible passages for Romans about following orders? Read that to me one more time. Can you give us the alternate Bible passages for Romans about following orders? I think you said, you know, when yeah, yeah, people Romans quote are... that... Yeah, that's not what it Romans, means, I think, is what you said. Romans 13, uh, bear with me here. Um, I want to read it correctly. Sorry, Carter. I know. <laughs> I don't mean to I don't mean to Christianize your your stream, but no, so uh, this is a really important. question. Mm -hmm. This this is a really important. Uh, uh, so there's a couple of passages that that Christians and that's kind of where Minnesota Black Robe Regiment comes from, which is why I address it the way it is before. Before the, the United States became a republic, it was the pastors of very conservative reformedist churches, Presbyterians, Lutherans, Reformed Baptists, that were actually preaching against the tyranny of King George. And uh, 
and so they became known as as the Black Robe Regiment. King George actually called the war in the colonies that damned Presbyterian war um, because it was the Christians that were filling the ranks of the colonial army. And many of their officers uh, came from pastors. In fact, uh, Muhlenberg, which is my coffee's named after him, Muhlenberg roast. Um, on the last day that he served as a pastor in his particular church, he preached against the tyranny of King George, stepped out from behind the pulpit, picked up a musket and a sword and dropped his black robe. And underneath it was a uniform of a colonial uh, army officer. And as he walked out, he led the men of his church. And by the way, men back then, they weren't 18, 20 years old. There were people as young as 12 or 13 that followed him out of that building that day. And within a very short period of time, over 100 people from his congregation joined him in the colonial army. So when people quote to you, if, you're, if they're Christians, and this is for the Christians out there, if they quote to you Romans 13, starting in verse 1, and it says, every person is to be in subjection to the governing authorities. Well, wait a minute, right? No, listen to what it says here. For there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they have opposed, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. And this is where it's important. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Do what is good and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God for you, for or to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath on the one who practices evil. If you're a Christian in the United States today, and your church is telling you, your pastors, your elders, whatever, are telling you, that you have to bow to these things, ask them who the highest authority in the United States is on, on earth. It's the Constitution, and then it's we the people. And all the elected and all the appointed servants are subjected to us through the Constitution. And when they are violating the Constitution and then the pastors are telling you, oh, no, you must, you must obey them, you're being sold out because your church wants to keep its tax-exempt status. Um, when when you have a government that's telling you to do evil, telling you to violate your conscience, you have a problem. And the church should be on the forefront of that. And sadly, many of them aren't. And I know some of you have good churches, but that is the answer to that. The government's telling us to do to reward evil and, and to punish good. Lisa Hansen got thrown into jail. And if your church supports that, you're no Christian. Go ahead, Carrie. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I, I appreciate that. And I put a link. I had to go find it, but I put a link in the chat to a sermon from my preacher at Church on the Square about this very subject, which I know Keith, the hack guy, who's an atheist, enjoyed. He watched it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it a gets huge encouragement to me on Twitter. Yeah. So is it, Kent or Kent. It gets to the um, the root of what you're saying, which is something in somebody in chat says, if a law is unjust, a man is not only right to disobey it, he is obligated to do so. And yeah. you'll see in the Bible, I mean, Christians were the, the whole story of what happened to some of the disciples who were persecuted and killed because they defied the law, because the law required them to 
subvert their subvert their God, to subvert God to the law. And that's not what the Bible is telling you to do. So I'm not phrasing it articulately. You did it much better. No, you did fine. There's a sermon there. Put my uh, email in the link in case anybody wants to to reach out. Even if even if even if it's not to order coffee, but just to encourage me because Carrie knows I shared this with her last week. It's it's been hard. It's been hard since September. Yeah. So, well, listen, TC, I I appreciate you coming on and sharing the story as hard as it's been, and uh, you Tell know, Chief I Mayor, I sometimes... I'd love to talk to her pastor. <laughs> <laughs> I, you should talk, you can talk to my pastor anytime. He's, I've, I've referred several people to him. I was going to say to you, well, what I said to you last week and anybody else who's going through something hard is this is a, comes from a, 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 a excuse me, Carter for a second, but um, it comes from a place of faith. Um, I think sometimes things get taken away from you to show you what's truly important. I mean, I'm one of those people who believe that that's for a reason. And so when bad things are happening, it's like, oh gosh, I read this um, thread on I Twitter even, from Hulk I think Hogan. Even our atheist friends can agree with that. Yeah, maybe, mm. maybe not. Um, <laughs> let's not, yeah. Uh, I read this thread from Hulk Hogan and what well, was about Hulk Hogan actually. And it was about, uh, it was from this guy who worked for, with him during the hardest year of his life, he said. And this was a time when he talked about, he said Hulk Hogan was, um, had just been, his wife had just filed for divorce after 20 years, had kicked him out of his house. He didn't have a prenup. So he was going to be undergoing a big financial war with her. Had She had moved a young lover into his home, um, he also had someone release revenge porn against him. This is back when he got in a lawsuit with Gawker. His uh, son had just been arrested for a car accident in which his best friend was killed. Um, he had just, it was like Joe, just thing after thing after thing heaped upon him. And this guy says, um, I spent a ton of time just hanging out in cars or airports with the guy at the time. I heard most every phone call on just about every topic going on. What astounded me was how well he handled this period of his life. Constant, nonstop crisis. And he was always cool, always polite, always friendly. Never saw him yell or lose his temper. You could tell it weighed on him, but he had faith that no matter how bad things were, they would get better. He was also a man of faith. Crazy, insane stuff could happen to him. And I would just hear him say, well, I guess the Lord has a plan for me and all this. I just got to have faith. He says, I remember after one really awful sounding call finished, we were driving through the Nevada desert on the way to Las Vegas. It was late in the day. He hung up the phone and looked out the window silently. I wondered what in the world he was thinking. He was quiet for a solid couple of minutes, staring. The sky was getting dark, red and purple. And then he said, look at all that sunset. Isn't that a beautiful thing? All this beauty everywhere just for us. Someone loves us. I'm sorry. I just think that's really beautiful. And I think, I'm sorry, you're making me a bit emotional. I think that what you're going through is, 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 and there are other people going through stuff like this. I know so many people in my life right now are having things heaped on them 
all kinds of loss. And so I've been thinking about loss a lot. And I think, I think that loss is, is sometimes it's good because everything is burned away except for the things that matter. And, and as a person who does believe in God, and I know this isn't an argument and I appreciate you and I appreciate the people who are not believers allowing me to say it. I think that it tell it whittles everything down to show you what's really meaningful. And TC, what's meaningful for you is your character and who you are and, and the truth. And that's what's left and everything can be taken away from you. And still they can't take that away from you. They can't take away your character. They can't take away your faith in God. They can't take away what's really important. So I'm, I'm really sorry this is happening to you. I'm sorry for all the people I know who are going through something right now like this, some kind of loss. Um, but I also, I firmly believe having gone through things myself that there's a reason for that to happen and you're going to come out strong on the other side of it. And I want to, I want to piggyback on that. I know you guys, I know you guys are kind of running up on your normal end time. If this were just Carter and I, when I had Carter on, this had gone on for three hours and we'd be talking. It's kind of with when I had you on Carrie, we could have gone for quite a while. Um, I, I shared a link by the way, to the playlist about what's happening and how it happened and, and whatnot, if people are more interested in following. And by the way, thank you, by the way, since I've been on with you guys, my subscriber counts jumped up over 30. So that's huge for me. <laughs> I know you guys, I know you guys lose that much sometimes just by accident on, you know, during a show, but mine jumping up that much is, is huge. I don't think it's an accident, but well, yeah, yeah. we're just going to not talk about <laughs> conspiracies, but um, the, the thing the, the thing that I have cherished the most about this so far as I'm in the midst of it, and I'm still in the midst of it, has been, have been the relationships that I have developed. Yes. Um, two years ago, there would have been a time where I would have I would have been like, how could I possibly be friends with someone like Carter? Not because I ask myself every day. How, <laughs> how you could be friends with someone like yourself how, yeah not, how can i be friends with someone like me um not not because there's anything inherently wrong in that regard but just there would have been nothing that would have drawn carter and i um into each other's realm right uh we're well we're, look 20 years ago i was the evangelical atheist who thought the most important thing was uh convincing people not to be christian right, right. um i mean but, and what a what a stupid target to choose <laughs> given everything right. that's going on and in the same thing with carrie to to walk away from wokeism to then align herself or partner herself with someone who isn't or never was woke for us to then all own, end up and just just the three of us just that alone but then the other friends that i have made through unsafe and other things i mean like supporters i won't mention his name but he might wear an eye patch um I and think show he's up and checked, chat once in a while. I think Arr, he checked Arr. out a chat for the day. Oh no, there he is. <laughs> he he might he might uh he might be uh a good friend who who bought this microphone for me because he said I love your content but I'm tired of listening to you through your through your uh camera and, and so I'm going to get you a microphone. And uh 
not because of what I get out of it in the sense of the, the physical, the physical stuff, but knowing that there are people out there like Carter and you Carrie, and, and, and others who are walking through this in their own way, in their own time and knowing that I can lean on them. And when the, when the moments are darkest, no matter what their, their perspective is, whether they be Christians or atheist or, or whatever, I'm able to reach out and lean on people and go, it's hard right now. And, and get these reaffir you know, affirmations and reassuring comments and sometimes even getting challenged and like, you know, pull your head out of your rear end. Why are you acting like this? Why are you being bleh? And, and discovering that there are people out there who are able to think for themselves, even when they come from diverse perspectives and we can align with one another, link arms with one another and fight the fight together. That's going to make us all better. Even if we end up in the great divorce, which I tend to side with Carter on, I think that's coming and I'm kind of looking forward to it. <laughs> and I don't know that the Republic can be saved the way it, the way it was, but even those people who would disagree with me on that, we're still linked arm in arm. That, that's a blessing in all of this, as hard as this has been. And seeing the compassion from Carter and from you, Carrie, uh, and, and others directed towards me. I'm a no one. I mean, like people get mad at me when I say that, but I'm literally, I'm just a no one. There's no reason I shouldn't, I shouldn't be in the spotlight, but, but here I am a lot of times in the spotlight and, and I got people like you guys out there supporting me. I couldn't have I couldn't have imagined that and I couldn't have asked for that. That that in and of itself is an award reward. It's worth it to be friends with people like you. I, and allies. Not Even if allies. you don't drink my coffee. I don't have allies. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah. Terry's gonna push back on that word for good reason. I yeah. I know, but I don't mean allies the way others mean it. So the way to be a good ally, TC, is to shut up and listen. Yeah, I don't have I'm, allies. I have friends. I've never been an ally. And enemies. <laughs> I, know, I know that'll shock all of you that I don't just shut up and listen. Uh, well, uh, uh, thank you for not shutting up and listening today and, and sharing your story with us. And, and well, thanks for giving me a place to say it and, and growing my platform while you guys are. I'm just piggybacking off of your great. I, is this what they call clout chasing? I don't know. Uh, I just jumped up 10 more since I said that. So there we go. <laughs> yeah. You guys, yeah, I mean, I, 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 uh, I know they, they call things. It's weird. You read articles sometimes about like, this is the thing that these, these wrong thinkers do. They have each other on each other's show to do this and to, to get around the algorithm and to clout, clout chasing or whatever. And it's like, we just like each other and we're talking to each other. And some of us have more subscribers than other. And like, who cares? That's, that's really, that's the level of strategy generally. It's like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, just like it, it never, I ne it, it never, it has never crossed my mind, you know, like to, to call up, you know, some big wig. Like I've never tried to get, uh, let's throw some, like I've never tried to get Ben Shapiro on my show. So people know who I am. That's, you know, it's not what I, I talk to people that interest me. Brian Stelter. And, he's in the chat right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brian, come on, Brian. I would love to have a. I would actually legitimately have Brian Stelter on our show. I, uh, thank you. See, I say I, that I, all the time. 
If you disagree with me, reach out to me. If you think you can embarrass me on my own channel, I would gladly give you the platform to come on and embarrass me on my own channel. And so far, the only people that will talk to me are people that agree with me. So, yeah. So call it what you will. I appreciate All you right. guys. This And uh, just so you, so you know, Lisa, I did talk to her today. We've been texting. Lisa would like to come on again. I know you guys asked if she'd like oh, to come yeah. on and do an, her own update. She would like to come on again. We're working on seeing if we can coordinate it so that if it's okay with you guys, that the next time that she comes on, that she and I maybe come on together and, and talk a little bit yeah. just relationally about what it's been like. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, let's do it. because she's, she's an, she's an amazing motivational person and we call her Minnesota's Patriot princess for a reason. And if you need to have your emotions played with a little bit, um, there is one video, and I'll, I'll give this to Beverly real quick to share. Um, the video that I put out on Saturday, I was on my way home, and um, I had kind of a field reporter, for lack of better terminology, who sent me a vid the videos of Lisa being released from the Freeborn County Adult Detention Center. And uh, Beverly, I put that in the private chat. You want to have your emotions played at, go watch that video that I just, hopefully um, we, people can see it. Um, it's an amazing, it's called, it's Lisa Hansen, political prisoner, no more. And it should be pretty much right on the top. If you go to my page, if that doesn't pull at your heartstrings, I don't care how calloused you are watching Lisa see her husband for the first time in over 60 days. That that'll, that'll do it right there because that's what it's about. It's the, the way families are affected. And so thanks guys for having me on. And I apologize for the emotional um, breakdown. I almost Look, had. I'm glad. I'd usually it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> thank you, TC. No, for thanks for having me on. Guys. Your story. I, appreciate, I appreciate everything you do and keep it up. All right. Well, we'll see everyone on wait, Carrie, when is your next video out? tomorrow tomorrow yeah. go go to carrie's channel which will be in chat again and in the uh and in the description to check out her video tomorrow and we will see you guys uh for a coffee break on friday thank you thank you bye guys six separate tyrannus Thanks for spending your time with us today. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes discussions with everyone from James Lindsay to Brett Weinstein. So go check it out. And please consider supporting the Unsafe Space team by visiting unsafespace.com donate. You can find us on a variety of social media platforms, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space Discord server which is open to financial supporters at any level. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. Please download this updated list of contagious individuals. Use the hashtag GetBoosted to receive two complimentary Liberty Pellets.
mass formation psychosis is just a right-wing talking point. Please purge it from memory and resume your programming. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Science, scientific, and scientifically are registered trademarks of the World Economic Forum. Unauthorized use is prohibited. Computer voice Curtis Never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.